with each of us, God speaks to us one way or another, and we are born again. And after we are born again, almost without exception, there is a desire to learn about God. There is a desire to read Bible, to go to church, to listen to radio preachers, that type of desire to know more about God after we are born again. That is a story that I have heard over and over from people who belong to God, that they want to know about God. A great many people go to church, are baptized in water, join the church, but really don't care about the Bible. They don't care about hearing much at church. They might like the songs that are performed. They might like the visiting with other people. They might want short sermons, but they really don't want to hear much scripture as a rule. The ones who are not born again, the ones who just join the church without the Spirit of God. But when you are born again, you are given the Spirit of God to live in you. Pam Paget, a member of the Body of Christ, told me this story. She was raised Catholic. She was in the Catholic school, uh, elementary school. At one point, when she was 14 years old, a classmate was killed. And after that, Pam turned to God. She said somehow she knew she was not going to be all right in the, by the things they were teaching at the Catholic Church. She turned to God and just said a very charming prayer that I know there's God and I know there's Jesus and I know there's the Holy Spirit, but I don't know which one we're supposed to pray to, so will you please get this to the right one? So she prayed that if there was any way they could, God could help her to please help her. Well, he caused her to be born again. She said she knew something of God was in her after that. But she didn't know what it was. And then, I think it was 1 Corinthians 6, someone mentioned. Uh, 1 Corinthians six, nineteen, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. At that point, she knew it was the Spirit of God that was in her. But she didn't really know what the Spirit of God did for her or what she was supposed to do. She learned that later. God speaks to us, and we hear what he says by the Spirit of God and accept what he says, and that's when we're born again, usually. But we are changed by God after we're born again into a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And God gives us his spirit to live in us, to guide us and teach us. So we will be going along and the Spirit of God will be teaching us and sometimes we'll be reading the Bible and we'll just have an understanding of what is being said. 
The Holy Spirit just gives us understanding on that verse of Scripture. From the time forward, from that time forward of being born again, God leads us by the Spirit of God, bringing thoughts and concepts to our mind. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There are a great many people in churches who do not have the Spirit of God. They put themselves into the church by their own will, but they don't have the Spirit of God. And they often misunderstand Scripture because Paul says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know, he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But we who are of God have the Spirit of God to teach us things of God, to teach us the way to go, to show us what to do. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Devils will try to lead us in ways that would harm us. The Spirit of God always takes us in ways of God to the more abundant life making our decisions godly. The spirit that devils work by is exactly opposite to the spirit of God. They will bring thoughts to our mind to try to get us to do and say things that will be harmful. The voice of devils and the voice of the spirit of God are so different. The voice of the spirit of God is usually very gentle. Sometimes I even fail to hear what he has said to me. It is so gentle. I'm going about something or other and I have this thought come to my mind and I go right on and go on with whatever it is I'm doing. And then later I'll think, what was that? And the Holy Spirit repeats the thought so I can know what God said. It's so gentle. The Holy Spirit leads us. The devil will try to drive you you have to do this. You have to do it now. And usually great fear is involved when the devil brings you a thought. It's a fear of what's going to happen to you. That's from devils. The Spirit of God is very gentle. And I always find that the way of God is very easy. It's not complex. The way of devils is usually difficult, expensive, and complex. And that way you can know very quickly which is the Spirit of God and which are devils. Here are some examples of the Spirit of God and the way he works. A man in our church group went out into his backyard one day and looked at his storage building. It was just overflowing. And he was standing there thinking about adding another storage building for his stuff and he had this thought why don't you just get rid of the stuff 
That's the Spirit of God. Simple, rational, and when you think about it, you just laugh. It has so much wisdom in it. And it's easy to do, and it's great wisdom. This man was in his 70s at the time he heard this. He had been very ill. He wasn't going to need the stuff. Lots of times we miss the way of life because um, we kind of just copy what we did before. and We think life in the future is going to be like it was in the past. But to everything is a season. There is a season, says Solomon. In, to everything there is a season and a time for everything under the sun. There was a time when I had a rather large house and I just began wanting something smaller and wanted to really live in one room with all my things around me. My heart changed. I believe God changed my heart. I didn't want all of these material things that I wanted when I was 30, 40 years old. By the time I reached 80, I wanted the opposite. I wanted something smaller and more, more manageable. About six months later, I fell at my house in Texas and had to go into rehab for two and a half months. As they rolled me past my front door, I heard a word from God. You'll never see this house again. And in fact, I did not. I put it up for sale while I was in the hospital. Then along the way, it was worked out so that I would move to Pam Paget's house in Colorado. She came down in February to get me, take me to her house, and I live with her. And another thing that had come into my mind is that I no longer wanted to live alone. I was 80 years old. I was still able to drive and get my food and do things like that. At the time, my heart was changed. Six months later, I couldn't. But at that time, I just wanted a smaller place to live, just all my things kind of in one bedroom, and to have everything around me where I could reach it and not have to walk all over the house. And I did not want to live alone. Well, that's exactly what ended up happening. We see that delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I believe that means he'll put his desires into your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will put his desires into your heart. Well, he certainly changed my heart in 2018. And then it came to pass exactly what I wanted, a smaller place, a smaller area with all my things around me, and I didn't have to live alone anymore. That is the way God works. He goes before us, often changing our heart. Where we wanted something before, we now no longer want that thing. We want something else. God often changes our heart, giving us his desires, putting his desires into our heart. When we have experience with God, I think we get an assurance 
that no matter what God has planned for us, it is a better life than the life we had before. I can't look back to any part of my life, and I'm 83 right now, I can't look back to any part of my life and say, that was better than now. This is the best it's ever been. I believe we are led by God into a more abundant life as we follow him. When I heard those words, you'll never see this house again, I was not one bit troubled. Not one bit troubled. I knew God would work out something for me. As long as he leaves me on the earth, I have this inner sense that he will provide for me and that he will provide for me better than I can provide for me. This is a very important concept that we grow into, trusting God, knowing that he will do better for us than we could even do for ourselves because we can't even think of some of the things that he will provide for us along the way. They're so much better than anything we can think of. Let's look at Isaiah 55 just a minute about that subject. Start at verse 8. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I have always found that's the way God leads me. When the idea is from God, I do have joy over it, and I do have peace about going that way. Have you ever tried to go shopping, and you started out and you just didn't want to go? You found you just didn't want to do that? But it was on your list, so you forced yourself to go. I have found that never works out well when I force myself to go. But on the times when I've had joy and peace and been led forth that way, it is always works out well for me, and I'm delighted in the path that I have taken. I find that God leads us with joy and peace. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and hills shall break forth before you singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. When we try to do it ourselves, and we grit our teeth, and we go forward determined to do it, without having any joy or peace, I think often we produce thorns. But when we're led forth by God, comes up the fir tree instead of the thorn. 
and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. The simplest thing to say about knowing the voice of God is it is gentle, easy to be entreated, joyful. The ideas that are from the devil are often harsh, hard to do, complex, fearful. But it's like you have to grit your teeth and do it. And you have to do it now. That's the voice of devils. But the voice of God leads you. My sheep hear my voice, says Jesus. I know them and they follow me. It's simple, easy. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. The yoke of man is hard. If you find you're in a situation where it's very difficult, you have probably yoked yourself to the ideas of a human. But when you go to God in prayer and ask him to straighten it out and show you his way, God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Matthew chapter 11. Be sure to look at Matthew chapter 11. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. And those are the characteristics that I've always found when God brings me an idea. Peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It's not complex. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's James 3.17. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.